Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Jenna Siegel. Jenna, how are you? Hi, I'm great, Bam. How are you? It's nice to see you. It's wonderful to see you, Jenna. And I'm really, really, really excited to talk to you about what you're doing at Siegel New York City. Uh, Jenna is the founder, CEO, and executive producer of Siegel NYC. Uh, She's also a Tony Award-winning producer and an app founder. Her company really develops and produces company shows, Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows, film, television, streaming, sports. Wow, lots of stuff. And we'll talk all about all of that stuff. But before we get there, Jenna, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Sure. So um, I started out in political talk shows in Washington, D.C. I actually just went to my alma mater, GW, where Dana Bash, who was the first woman who, or first human, actually, who ever hired me for a job that wasn't at a bagel store, um, we had a... uh, a roundtable um, discussion at the Elliott School of International Affairs, um, where I'm on the board. Um, from that, funny enough, I got into reality talk shows in Los Angeles, uh, mostly on the um, the business side of production and uh, handling the money and taking show ideas that people brought and helping them to make those things happen. Um, I think that was really where I learned what um, the skills for what I do now. Um, But now I generally focus on making sure to have impactful um, women involved with any company that I'm investing in to help empower them and then to help them get funding or, or fund them. I love that. I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. So you have a development and production company really focused on women, supporting women, women led projects, women participated projects. Let me know how that functions. Sure. So I think people are all motivated by different things, right? And some people are motivated by making money, which is amazing. And I, I wish that that was generally the thing that most motivated me. Um, but what most motivates me is that to make money, but also to see that there is real uh, change occurring based on the things that I'm making money at. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the first real um, chance that I got to realize that was actually through theater because I was doing it independently. Mm-hmm. And what I recognized was there was a dearth of women um, that were either directing or writing shows for Broadway. Um, and once I recognized that there was a real impact that I could make in the market by investing in shows, either when people came to me and said, I'm looking for an investment. Um, and I would say, do you have a, a writer or a director that is a woman, given the mm-hmm. fact that 80% at the time of 
butts in seats um, of of theater goers and Broadway theaters um, were women. That was that Crazy. is who was buying the tickets. Um, Hamilton, I think, has has even that a little bit. So now it's like more to seventy percent. But at the end of the day, women are still the primary ticket buyers with a very high end purchase. So once I identified that that was considerably a market and that women's purchasing power um, clearly was something that it, that could be reckoned with and, and should be focused on. I said, okay, well, why are some things doing better um, than others? And ultimately being able to target that if something is primarily being purchased by women, having women actually driving some of the management decisions is probably a wise idea. Um, that is really what I led with and basically for the last decade have exclusively focused on um, whether it is in theater or my investment in Angel City FC, which is a um, the football club soccer yeah. American in Los Angeles. Um, also a uh, new investment that I just did in Yola, which is a mezcal company um, also out of Los Angeles, but uh, all done out of a farm in Mexico where the women are um, that are living in the area are producing um, the agave and producing the mezcal. Um, and I'm really looking more and more towards that. What are the things, you know, I think, uh, tequila agave it's one of those things that women are finding has a lot less calories men as well but um but the market of who's drinking it um definitely is resonating with women and so uh needless to say like good place to good place to focus yeah i loved it and you know jenna before we started you talked a little bit about perhaps your process that you go through when you're vetting opportunities, assessing whether something's good or worth pursuing. Tell me a little bit about your methodology. Sure. So the first thing that I'm looking for is impact. And before I even think about, is this going to make money? I think what is the impact that this is going to make on women and, and change for women? And is that impact big enough that it is worth my, um, as someone once told me, time, talent, and treasure? Right. Um, then I, uh, I like to work with whoever, um, the founder is, the writer is, the director is, um, mm -hmm. or the, you know, the producer that is, um, is, is helping to, to enable those women, um, or men. So I, I my goal is for parity. It is not for solely all, only supporting women. I like teams. And if as long as one of the principal members of the team is a woman, then it qualifies for this feeling of empowerment because there is a woman at the table. And then finally, if I feel that it the first two um, are checked off and, and I feel comfortable with them, then I look to invest and I look to gather other people to invest as well. That's great. So Jenna, you guys have been, your group's been doing a lot of amazing work and certainly there's been a move, I think, generally in the market to try to get more and more parity, more and more activities led by women, supported, funded properly as they should be. Where do you think we are right now? I mean, are we headed into a better place or are you optimistic, pessimistic, neutral? What's the status? Um, I would say I I was getting optimistic and I think I'm getting a little more neutral. Um, I think that I would like to see more and more women 
um, come join me and make this a priority for them um, in their investing. And I'd like to see men. Um, I don't, one of those people who doesn't have a problem saying like, if you have a daughter, if you have a wife, like you should be in this too, because it is clear that that thinking this way is really what's going to change the world of, of women being able to take those next leaps, whether it's in, you know, um, childcare, whether it's in being able to work in this, you know, remote hybrid world, figuring out how people work differently, but, but how to really, you know, look at the world and saying like, this isn't anymore about just how we're going to have women um, get involved in the workforce. Women are in the workforce. Yeah. And so we can't, uh, we just can't deviate from that as a society anymore. So how can we do better and start setting it up where you actually have people at the table who are yeah. making decisions, understanding what it, the differences of things that women are, are facing. Right. Sounds like a balance of voice, balance of power, basically really sure. kind of, yeah. Trying yeah. to get that sorted out. That's, that's great. Look, well, let me change I, I'm only asking if as long as there's one voice at the table, who's willing to speak up and be like, no, that doesn't really sound right. Like I, I'm ready, willing to settle for that at this point, but um, you know, we can always do better. Yeah, no, I hear you. And it's funny. I really think that as an entrepreneur, you have to be very purposeful about this because you can make uh, mistakes on things like hiring without even being conscious of it. You sure. know, I think that when we started the business, we found our first 10 people I think nine of them were men. One was a woman. And there was a moment where I looked out across the room and I went, oh, this is a bit of a boys club. Like this is too much. And then the next 10 hires were all women. And in fact, actually the next 20 hires were all women. And then it was right. like, whoa, wait I a minute. <laughs> so right? I, think that so. The, I think that that is so valuable that you saw that. And, and one of the things um, that has been really interesting over the last couple of years, um, you had said in the beginning of our interview, uh, my first reaction to, uh, to COVID um, and, and kind of going into quarantine was two things. And one was, what am I going to do with my kids? And two was, what, what are all these dancers going to do who aren't going to be working uh, on Broadway? And I started a um, a Facebook online group um, that kind of took off. It like went like wildfire uh, mm. called Get in Shape Girl Broadway. And it was uh, different dancers uh, would come on. We'd pay them to, to do a live class on the Facebook page and everybody was getting on and they were, it was promoting the shows that, you know, were currently paused. It was promoting the dancers, um, you know, et cetera. And um, through that, I really started getting much more involved in analytics um, and wound up, uh, because I, <laughs> I clearly need things to do, um, I wound up going to Harvard for their business analytics program. Cool. And through that, um, really have learned when it comes to hiring, I think it's incredibly important, whether it's nonprofit, whether it's for-profit, the process of of analyzing exactly what those feelings are that you're identifying with and, and being able to quantify those for hiring purposes mm -hmm. to say, okay, is this somebody that I just love, would love to hang out with or, and I feel comfortable at a table with versus like, is this person actually qualified for the job that I need them to do? When yeah. you start to see that on paper and you have a much more 
you know, night and day clear understanding of, of what you're happening and what you're hiring for it makes it easier for everybody at the table to kind of yeah. focus on what you really need as opposed to who you want to like, who you feel more comfortable with. And then I'm it not, changes yeah. the culture. I mean, that's a great learning for sure. But Jenna, tell me about this year, 2022. I mean, I hope we're getting to a place where we don't have as many restrictions. Based on my recent airline travel, it feels like people think everything's back to normal. I don't know if it is, but yeah. people seem to think it is. Yeah. And what's your hope for 2022? Well, I think that my greatest hope is that we all just come to live with what this this new world is um, and that this is going to be around for a while and we just learn to um, to adjust to it and stop battling each other over things that are kind of silly for our our uh, country the United States in particular um, so that we can focus on the the real important things that we we need to do um, both for us and for uh, especially, this sounds so lame, but for for kids, because I, right. I often talk about, I, as I said, I have three kids. I feel like for these kids to have the two years of your life, if you're only, you know, 11 years old and two of them spent, you know, in quarantine, and now we're all kind of like, all right, we're all moving on from this. Like, for them, that's like a move, you know, it's like going to a new country, a new place. It's a whole different world, a whole different culture. And so I think it would be great to re-understand what the rules are of, of society and all be on board with that together. Um, I hope that uh, for the general population that there is the idea of, you know, we're all in this together, so let's support each other. And I think from a work status place, that we start saying, okay, well, let's start looking a little bit closer at the individual who is capable of higher hybrid work. Who is it? And, right. and really start, you know, looking at ourselves internally as well and saying, you know what, I'm a, I'm a better worker at the office. I'm more valuable. I get more accomplished. I'm more disciplined, or it really doesn't matter for me. If I come into the office two days a week, I can still get as much done I yeah. think it just depends on the human and, and we've got to do a better job of, of recognizing the individual in the culture of the workforce. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how this whole thing is going to play out. You know, I find in my own little world that there was such a demand for a virtual structure, then a hybrid structure. And then there has been, interestingly, and maybe you found the same, but with younger people, they've actually craved the office experience because they feel somehow probably like your kids do, that they've missed out on that connection that you have when you're with others, right? And so it's a really fascinating thing to try to strive to provide that flexibility and come up with new models. I certainly don't know if we haven't cracked it yet. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I say this as a joke, I, I swear, but I, I often say, you know, we all have to go back to smoking because when I was at, when I was at, at MTV before smoking became, uh, you know, completely um, taboo, yeah. taboo thing, that was the water cooler, you know, right. people would go outside, right. they would say they would connect with people by saying, hey, you know, come sit, have a cigarette with me, whatever. We don't have that 
thing anymore. And when you even eliminate the water cooler culture, because people aren't coming in, where do people get together to help connect? There is, at the end of the day, we are still humans. And as much as I'm saying, you know, there, there is a great utilization for technology. I think we have to really figure out, okay, what piece is what can be accomplished through technology and what piece really needs the human connection. Yeah. I love that. Well, on that note, Jenna, it's been great talking to you. We've been speaking with Jenna Siegel. She's a founder and president of Siegel NYC, which is a company that develops and produces theater on Broadway and off Broadway, as well as films, television, and internet content. Also making investments in businesses that focus on women or involve women in an empowered manner. Uh, so we do a lot. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jenna, you are busy in 2022 for sure. And it's wonderful to talk to you. Great to have you on Uncaged. If someone wanted Thank to reach you. you, where's the best place to find you? So uh, probably through the website, which is SiegelNYC.com. And there is an info page to connect with me. And we're also on social on Instagram and LinkedIn and all your regular places. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks so much for being on the show. And we look forward to having you back. Thanks so much. Nice all right. To cheers. You. Bye. Bye.